Hello everyone and welcome to episode 13 of Katie's Christmas Movie Countdown. I am here with Ashley. Hello. And tonight we watched Tim Burton's The Nightmare Before Christmas. Uh, this is one of the greatest Christmas movies in existence. And if you say it isn't a Christmas movie, it's a Halloween movie, we could fucking fight in these streets. Because it is definitely a Christmas movie. Though it is also a Halloween movie. It's both. And I won't hear otherwise. Like, let's fucking fight. So, this movie came out in 1993. It was released by Touchstone Films rather than Disney Films, even though Disney claims it now. Disney was scared that it wasn't going to do well because it's dark and creepy, and they didn't want it to be associated directly with Disney, you know, because they were coming off the success of The Little Mermaid and Beauty and the Beast, I think, and had already dropped Aladdin when this film came out. So they had just hit the big three. They had Lion King already in the works. They didn't want to throw this in in the middle and just be like, oh yeah, here's this really creepy thing that we don't know if anyone is going to like. So this film starts out with Patrick Stewart narrating. He's talking about the holiday worlds of old and it zooms in on these trees in a forest and each tree has a different holiday symbol on it. So there's like a heart for Valentine's Day and a clover for St. Patrick's Day, etc., etc. And it goes into a jack-o'-lantern for Halloween Town and it jumps directly into Halloween Town and opens on the song, This is Halloween. It's all the citizens of Halloween Town talking about their world and what they do and what the point of Halloween Town is. And at the end of it, it introduces Jack Skellington, who is the king of Halloween Town. And basically you find out Jack's super sad. He's bored of scaring people. It's not his thing anymore. He wants to find something new that will energize him and make him happy. So he goes on this soul search to find what he's gonna do. He goes out in the woods, stumbles upon the other doors to the other lands, opens the one that looks like a Christmas tree and gets sucked in, ends up in Christmas town and is like, the fuck? What is this shit? He sings a song literally called What's This? where he talks about all the weird shit that he's come across that he's never seen before, like snow and toys and smiling and singing and all of that. And then he's like, what the hell? And he goes back to Halloween Town and realizes, oh shit, I want to be in charge of Christmas. Like, fuck this Halloween crap. Christmas is where it's at. So then he gets all the citizens of Halloween Town on board. They start to make Christmas, but they suck at it because they're creepy people. And everything they make is super creepy. And then Jack basically ruins Christmas for everyone because he's handing people, like, shrunken heads and vampire bats and all these creepy things and all the kids of the world are just freaking out and then santa comes and he saves the day and all sorts of other stuff ensues but if you haven't seen this movie what the fuck have you been doing with your life it's been over 20 years <laughs> like go see this film fucking download it it's on disney plus it should be everywhere you should own this film already so yeah if you want to know all the other stuff that happens in this film including the main bad guy you should check out this film some fun facts about this film. Uh, in 2001, Disney wanted to make a computer animated sequel, but Tim Burton was like, uh, fuck you guys, no. And they had to back down because it literally has his name on it. They couldn't have made the, another film without his help, basically. The hardest scene in this whole film to film, <laughs> uh, Ashley told me this, 
was the reflection in the doorknob when Jack is trying to go into Christmas Town. There's like this big gold doorknob and Jack is looking into it and then he reaches his hand out and the reflection that's reflecting back, I guess, was the hardest thing that they had to do in the entire making of the film, which is crazy to me. There is a band in the town that plays at all the different events, all the town meetings and everything, and one of the band members has an upright bass, and there's a little person, like skeleton guy, inside the bass that's part of the band and like talks, and that guy is supposed to be Danny Elfman, who was the person who scored the entire film and did like a million other things for this fucking film. He was also the voice, the singing voice of Jack Skellington. He was Shaw? I think so. Either Shock or Barrel, one of them. <laughs> and then he was also the voice of the clown with the tearaway face, which is insane to me. And he helped uh, Tim Burton finish the script, basically come up with the story of what was gonna happen as they were writing these songs together. The dude is nuts, I don't understand. Zero's nose, if you are like me and never noticed before, it's a tiny jack-o'-lantern. I just always assumed it was like a red Rudolph nose. Well, it's based off the poem. Yeah. Which is a jack-o'-lantern. But I didn't, I didn't know about the poem before the, I don't know, 30 other times I've seen this film. So it was really odd. I didn't know that. <laughs> I feel like that was something that I should have known. But I don't feel like you can really tell in the movie, like when you're watching it at home. Maybe on the big screen I might have been able to tell, but I haven't seen this movie on a big screen in, I don't know, 30 years almost. <laughs> so, <laughs> I have no idea. When they re-released it in theaters, yeah, I saw it in like 3D, but it's not meant for 3D. Yeah, <laughs> so oh, yeah. It was I can't awful. imagine. That seems awful. <laughs> it was not, like, I don't, not good. Claymation and 3D, that's like too many things <clears throat> to do all at once, like... There is an extended ending, I guess, on one of the soundtracks. I don't know, maybe I've never listened to the regular soundtrack all the way through. I usually just listen to the songs that have words and then skip it. But anyways, there's an alternate ending on the soundtrack, and Santa Claus goes back to Halloween Town to visit, and when he meets up with Jack, Jack has like four or five skeleton kids. So huh. him and Sally like somehow made corpse children. Interesting. Yeah, out of their corpses. <laughs> I don't understand how that worked, but sure, Jack is a dad. This was the very first stop-motion film to ever be rated PG by the Motion Picture Association of America, and it was deemed too creepy for very small children, so they had to make it PG so their parents would know not to take their kids and freak them the fuck out, I guess. I don't know. This was also the first Disney animated film scored by Danny Elfman, the first Disney stop-motion film, and Tim Burton's first Disney film. And he went on to do Dumbo and both of the Alice in Wonderlands. Mm -hmm. And then another fun fact, so all of the claymation characters in this film, or the main characters in this film, have a whole bunch of different heads, and they just take the heads off for each little movement of the mouth to replace them except for Sally who they were like we're just gonna build her head and then we're gonna take her face off like the skin of her face comes off and then they just replace it with another one it's terrifying if you own this DVD at home I urge you to go look into the special features and the making of the puppets it is horrific 
when she they tear off her face. And she's just eyes. Yeah, she's just <laughs> eyes, like on a little... And a neck. <laughs> on a little neck. It's horrific. Not for children. Okay, so now to the more fun part. We're going to talk about our favorite things about this movie. So, Ashley, what is your favorite character in this film? I love Sally. She has, I don't know, she can put herself together when she falls apart for whatever reason. Her hand can beat up the monster that created her. Yeah, Doctor. <laughs> she has this a sense of agency, I guess. Like, she's her own thing, and she senses when things are wrong, and she tries... What she, within her own um, limits, I guess, to like try and fix things and fix her own life. And, you know, she's not afraid to poison to get her way. Oh, yeah. She's a badass. <laughs> she's, she's pretty straight, cool. Like, I mean, she jumps out of a window, out yeah. of the, what is it, a tower or whatever, and yeah. manages to, to sneak away. Yeah, she's, she's a badass. I like Sally a lot. She's my favorite. Yeah, she was a badass. So, my favorite character in this movie has been the same since 1993, and it is Zero the dog. Yeah, Zero's pretty amazing, too. (laughs) He's so cute. Yeah. He doesn't ever speak. He just barks like a dog and, you know, urges Jack. He's always by Jack's side, kind of telling him, like, hey, pay attention to me. You shouldn't be doing this. Similar to what Sally is doing, though Sally is much more urgent and, you know, can speak, but... Zero's just, like, that best friend who's like, dude, come on. Like, let's just go hang out. The supportive sidekick. Supportive sidekick, (laughs) yeah. And he's really cute. And he saves the day at the end. He's very much Rudolph in this Christmas story. He ends up being able to fly the sled or help fly the sled out of the fog. So I loved that about him. What about your least favorite character? I don't know that I have one. They all seem really important. Like, even the, the the sort of annoying character that I don't like is important to the story because yeah. he created Sally, who is my favorite character. Yeah. But yeah, I don't know that I have a, you know, least favorite character in this movie because they're all sort of pieces and cogs that make sense. Maybe the bad side of Mr. Oogie Boogie, but even him, like, he, he's, like, such an important character and he's fun in a gross way yeah (laughs) well my least favorite character is definitely the doctor uh dr finkelstein uh because he's gross he is gross like what the fuck dude you built a girl which i guess is a lot of dudes dreams or whatever but then he just like was super controlling of her and wouldn't let her leave and she kept having to like fucking poison him and like trick him to leave it was very very creepy like, he was important to the story, because without him, you wouldn't have been able to see Sally's growth, but gross, dude. As a being, yeah, he's yeah. pretty much the worst. Yeah. And then he, like, built his Himself. <laughs> he built his self, but a female, and gave it half his brain. Who also kind of looks reminiscent of, like, Jackie O. Yeah, he's so <laughs> weird. Ugh, blech. Yeah. Although, yeah. I, um, he is very comedic, though, so oh, yeah. he, he does add that that little element like when his lips get stuck in the when he's building her yeah um yeah when the skull after he puts half his brain in her mm-hmm. yeah that's pretty funny <laughs> all right what is your favorite scene of this film so again sally i love sally so much um when she's stitches herself together 
It's just another part of her, like, owning herself. and After she falls out of the window? Yeah, because she, like, has her little needle and thread in her... Oh, yeah. Is it in her pocket, I think? And she pulls it out from behind her ear. But then she's got, like, a, a, a spool of thread, and it's yeah, just, yeah. like, setting there, and she's just, like, stitching herself back up, and it's, like, yeah, she's created, but she has to keep herself together, and she's she knows that she has to do that. She knows falling out the window, she's probably going to have to do something to fix her, you know, leave stuffed leg or arm or whatever it was that, that fell off. But, um, and she's able to do it and then just kind of like keep on ticking and metaphor for life. Yeah. Like pick yourself up off the ground and put yourself back together. And then I also, (laughs) I, um, and again with Sally, like she's the one who, when, when news spreads that Jack's dead or, you know, gone she is trying to write what he fucked up and is going to save santa claus and you know she uses her leg in one you know way to lure oogie boogie and then her hands are there to untie santa claus and she's basically trying to fix what she suspected was going to happen that things were going to fall apart and so again she's putting things back together the way she she can yeah, she's like a fortune teller mm. or something. Well, yeah, because she sensed it. She, yeah, there's... and then that, that Christmas tree thing mm. happened in the middle of the movie. Like, she grabs a flower, and then it turns into a Christmas tree, and then the Christmas tree catches on fire in her hand. I was like, damn, girl. That's yeah. some th- strong premonition. Right there. <laughs> so my favorite scene is probably This is Halloween. I love getting to, like, have introductions with all the different characters of Halloween Town. Like, the clown with the tearaway face, the monster under your bed, the wind and the moon at night, and all that creepy things. Like, they put in so much cool, creepy shit that you just don't think about necessarily on a regular basis. I mean, kids probably do, and this movie was for kids. But adults don't think about it all the time, because it's not things that are creepy to us anymore. But it's a really cool idea and concept, and I love the way that they executed the scene for This Is Halloween, just going through visually and showing each person and all of their creepiness. What did you think about the music of this film? I love the music. I think it's easy to get into and like bob your head to and sing along to and you know it's um all the voices are wonderful you know Catherine O'Hara is amazing as Sally um and then of course Danny Elfman like there's as 15 people in this yeah so good (laughs) but the um it just felt appropriate and it felt right and um yeah i i like the you know covers that i've heard too of the the music so it's not just these voices for you know the original voices but the lyrics are wonderful and my bird loves it too apparently yeah that's amazing (laughs) your bird dancing too the music of this movie is fucking great i love the music as well as a musician like You cannot go wrong with Danny Elfman. Everything the man's done, music-wise, is pretty much fucking solid gold. He does most of Tim Burton's films, and they're all, like, creepy and twisted, which, I don't know, they both kind of are. And it's great. I think if this film had not been a musical, I don't know that it would have become a cult classic like it is, because everybody loves the music to this film. Yeah, yeah. Like, it's so good. And, fun fact, when you watch uh, all the extras like we did, we found out that the way that they started making this film was Tim Burton had written this poem about The Nightmare Before Christmas, which is like a basic storyboard to 
just what happens. Jack is feeling weird in Halloween Town. He goes and finds Christmas, and then, you know, chaos ensues. Well, then he calls his friend in Danny Elfman, and he's like, hey, here's what I got. What do you think? And then Tim Burton kind of describes a couple of the different characters and different things that are happening. And then Danny Elfman said in the commentary, like, shit just started coming to him. Mm-hmm. And he was like, all right, well, I gotta go away from you right now, because if I don't leave, I will forget the song that's in my head right now. And he just, like, left the room and wrote out this, like, parts of This Is Halloween and, like, the melody to This Is Halloween, and then came back and they kept doing that. This was before they had a script, before they had, like, a real plan for how they were going to do the rest of the film. They went through and recorded, or made, I guess, a whole bunch of the music before they even figured out any of the other shit they were going to do. And that is so fucking cool. Like, Danny Elfman is so badass for that. Yeah. I can't even imagine. Like, I can't even make up, like, a lullaby right now, like, off the top of my head. (laughs) Let alone fucking... Ten songs for a movie that has lasted 20-something years in cinema history. Like, soundtracks that hundreds of people have covered all over the world. Like Ashley was saying about the covers, there are a lot of Disney films, specifically. Like, I'm a huge Disney nerd. And there are a lot of Disney films that I cannot listen to other versions of any of those songs. Like, if it's not the original version from the movie, get the fuck out of here. Because I don't want to hear your shit. You are not the original singer. You're a pur- and you purist. You sound like trash. <laughs> yes, I'm a purist. But with Nightmare Before Christmas, I feel like every, well, maybe not every, but most of the versions that I've heard, most of the covers that I've heard of these songs are all fucking solid. Like, everyone's weird take on this music is so good. Yeah. Check out the album Nightmare Revisited if you have not already. Like, if you're a fan of Nightmare Before Christmas and you like rock, you should definitely check that out. I, from October through December, am singing the entire soundtrack randomly. Oh, yeah. Like, I walk by a tree. I'm like, what's this? What's this? You know, and like, <laughs> or, you know, just this is Halloween. And I, yeah. I can't not, not sing it. Like, it's oh, just yeah. ingrained in me. <laughs> oh, yeah. So I watch kids for a living. And one of the kids I watch is obsessed with Nightmare Before Christmas like he saw the film for the first time when he was like two or three and fell completely in love he's one of those kids that's like super into creepy shit (laughs) kid after my own heart (laughs) the kid loves it like I have a video on my phone of the kid like singing and dancing to this is Halloween it's fucking adorable but because of that I have playlists that I play in my car and I I'm always listening to this shit always this soundtrack is like forever on all right, what about the feelings? How does this movie make you feel, and does it give you those Christmassy feels? So, speaking of creepy kids, I am kind of a creepy kid. Um, I'm not really super into Christmas. It's not my uh, favorite holiday, you know. I'm not obsessed with, like, Christmas movies, so to speak. Um, I'll watch well, thank them. thank you for joining but, my Christmas yeah, movie yeah, podcast. <laughs> of course, of course. Um, but, yeah, I... It does, though. It, it This one does make me feel like Christmas. Um, what you said earlier uh, about it being both a Halloween movie and a Christmas movie is 100% accurate. Um, it might lean a little more towards Halloween because of the, well, for some people, because of the, like, darker tone mm. that it has, like, the color schemes and all that. But it's 
still a very much a Christmas movie. And when you have, you know, Santa coming in and being like, all right, you messed up. Like, what were you thinking? But it's okay. It's Christmas. I'm fixing it. Yeah. Like, that's that's the spirit of Christmas. Like, he, he's trying to, to fix yeah, it. Happens. And he brings in snow to oh, Halloween yeah. Town. That happens in a lot of Christmas films. Yes. Someone tries to fuck up Christmas and then Santa's like, nah, I forgive you because it's Christmas and I fixed it. Yeah, and also here's a gift because, to be fair, Jack went about it the wrong way, but he had noble interest, I guess, yeah. or, you know, um, thought he Even could... His heart was in the right Yeah, place. he thought he could do it, and, you know, probably shouldn't have kidnapped Santa Claus, but whatever. Um, yeah. And then, you know, you have all the Halloween Town citizens playing in the snow, and... That was cute at the end. It's adorable, yeah. and so, yes, no, it has the Christmas vibes, for sure, and it's a love story, too, and it's a self-discovery story, but it's a Christmas movie and a Halloween movie. Yeah, I think for me, I don't necessarily get the deep Christmas feels like a lot of the other Christmas movies that we watch. Like, this is not a movie where you, like, shed happy tears because something is right. something happens that's so moving or so powerful. But you definitely do feel for the characters very deeply as, as all the stuff is happening to them. And when, at the very end, when Jack and Sally finally kiss, like, it's very much an aww, mm-hmm. yay, Sappy romance. Sappy romance, and it's like, I've been waiting for this. Like, come on. She's been right there the whole time. She knew exactly what the fuck was going to (laughs) happen. She was cleaning up your shit the whole time. Just notice her already. But, yeah. And then, again, like Ashley said, Santa coming up and just cleaning everything up. Peak Santa. You know, that's what he does. With his holly, holly underoos. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Okay, what about memories? When you think about this movie, like, in your mind, what's the first memory you have associated with this film? So, I actually saw this original release. That's awesome. Yeah. We didn't see a lot of movies in the theater when I was a kid. Um, and what, in 93, you said that mm-hmm. it was released? So, I would have been, like, 9 or 10, depending on the month. And uh, I, my mom and I went and saw it, and I was just awestruck. I have this feeling that I probably didn't blink a lot. You know, it was just like, this is so cool. Yeah. And I remember my mom leaning over and being like, can we go? (laughs) Wanting to leave early. And like I said, we didn't go to the movies often. So like she obviously was not entertained. And I just was like, no, we will, we will not leave. (laughs) This This is is fantastic. And then um, I never saw it again. Oh, no. Because I didn't have it on VHS, and it wasn't until, you know, I was older, and I don't know when, but, you know, and I got it on DVD, and then when it re-released for an anniversary, like I mentioned before, I saw it in 3D, and that was very weird. (laughs) I sang the whole time in the theater, and I think I was one of the only people that was singing all the songs and saying all the words, because I was so excited to see it in theaters. Yeah. And... Yeah, I saw it as a kid, but I, I didn't know it then. And so seeing it on big screen and, like, having the, the song and dance, my sister elbowing me to shut up was was great. But, yeah, that – it just – when I saw it as a kid, it, it just stuck with me. And re-seeing it every – because I watch it every Halloween and I watch it every Christmas. Nice. <laughs> so I watch it twice a year. That's awesome. <laughs> uh, like I said, I watch kids for a living – 
and my immediate memory associated with this is watching it 70 billion times over the last like four years because again that one kid is super in love with this film and you know the all the other kids i watch have watched it you know either at halloween time or at christmas time because it's a classic and you can't go to disneyland during holiday the holidays and not have seen this film so all the kids that i know need to see this film at that time so i've watched it with them many many times um as far as older memories away from the little kids i don't remember seeing it in the theater i mean i probably did because i would have been like like six or seven maybe um and I was super into like Beetlejuice and all the weird shit as a kid. Yeah, same. <laughs> yeah, and I, I mean, I can't imagine my parents saw this on a, like a trailer for this and were like, no, she can't go see that. <laughs> so I probably saw it in the theater, but I don't really remember that. I do remember though, when I was a sophomore in high school, my winter percussion did this. Like we did this as a winter percussion show and it was the funnest shit I had ever done in my life in band. Like, I'm a huge band nerd. I majored in music in college. Like, that's how big of a band nerd I am. And up to that point, up to, what, 15, when I was 15, that was the funnest shit I had done. And we had been to, like, Hawaii and done all this other cool shit. But that Nightmare Before Christmas show was awesome. I got to dress as Barrel. Uh, I had like the skeleton outfit and painted my face like a skull and each person in my winter percussion group was a different character from the movie. Um, our center snare was Jack nice. and we had um, a person in the pit dressed as Sally and they like did this whole dance thing. Oh, so cute. And it was really like right before Nightmare Before Christmas kind of blew up again. Like when all the merchandise started hitting in the like mid 2000s mm -hmm. and just it blew up everywhere. You know, all the scene and emo and goth kids, it was just everywhere. They like shoved it down everybody's face. Hot Topic was, I was just gonna like say. covered <laughs> Half wall the store. to wall in Nightmare for Christmas stuff. Um, it was just before that. Like we did this show and then it seemed like the next season or whatever, it was everywhere. And I can distinctly remember just loving that show so much. It was a lot of fun to do. All right. Do you have a seven-word synopsis for this film? Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I should have thought about this. Okay, but well, I didn't. you think about it, and I will give mine. All right. Mine is, listen to Sally Jack. She knew everything. Yes. Like <laughs> Accurate. That's... <laughs> the plot of this whole film, and it's honestly something that I never really thought about as a kid or even till just recently. And you never really think about the secondary characters or knowing what's about to happen or re really even noticing it. I didn't know, like, Sally was never my favorite character growing up, so I didn't notice so much of what she was doing mm -hmm. or how she had, like, had a premonition, basically, that he was going to fuck it up. But seeing it now, it's just like, god damn, dude. She knew the whole time. Why were you not paying attention? <laughs> she had it. She told you. She watched a fucking tree burn. She knew you were going to catch on fire, dude. And then you didn't listen. It was a mess. All right. You got one? Yeah. Uh, I think. It might be over or under. <laughs> but learn more about things before you take over. Eight. 
eight. Eight That's words. Close enough. <laughs> close enough. Yeah, pretty much. Jack had no idea no. he was making it up as he went. Yeah. Which is okay, but also, like, learn more about maybe the culture or yeah. or the side of life that you're trying oh, to yeah. weasel into. <laughs> well, it's like he, there was that scene where he was, like, doing all that science, trying to figure yes. out Christmas. Yes, yes. And reading all those books, and he had all those, like, arithmetic stuff like on the chalkboard and I feel like he figured it out but then he got to a point in that meeting where he was trying to explain Christmas to everyone where he just was like they're never gonna get it so I gotta just be like fuck it we're doing it evil he did the the science experiments after he introduced them to Christmas and then he wasn't figuring it out was the problem and then he started to convince himself that he was oh, yeah, all of his songs are like able to like man I suck I suck oh wait I'm the best <laughs> basically because he's like that's when he puts the lights around the electric chair oh yeah yeah and yeah. then he comes up with the idea of him in the Santa costume because Zero brings him the picture trying to well, make yeah, him when, see but when he starts to do I feel like when they have that meeting about making Christmas before the song making Christmas. Yeah. They have that like meeting about beginning to start making Christmas. I feel like there's a point where he's explaining things to people and at some point he's just like they're not gonna get yeah. it. Like fuck it. Dude, make it creepy. Like right. I want it to be regular Christmas but I, we can't do it clearly right. so we're just gonna do creepy Christmas. Yeah no I think well and I think too he was trying to figure out how to explain it to himself. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that meeting, he does realize that they're just not going to get it. And then he tries to figure out what makes Christmas and yeah. can't figure it out. Yeah. Because, because he's, 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 he's a dead. skeleton. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so have you heard the theory that Jack Skellington and Sally are Victor and the bride from The Corpse Bride? Yeah, I heard that theory. And then I also heard Zero is Frankenweenie? Yes. So there, there's, I've heard a theory where all three films are connected. So basically the boy and the dog from Frankenweenie. So the dog dies and he resurrects him and then he dies again mm-hmm. and that becomes Zero. Mm-hmm. The boy grows up to become Victor, mm-hmm. marries the corpse bride, and then somehow they die again. Or she gets dismembered Okay. and she becomes at least part of Sally, and then Victor, when he dies, becomes the Pumpkin King. Interesting. Yeah, so it's like a weird theory that ties all three films together, and I don't think that it has any relevance. Like, I don't think that it's real yeah. at all. But it would be so fucking cool if it was. Yeah. Like, just connect all of Tim Burton's creepy claymation shit <laughs> all together. Yeah, I don't know. Unless Tim Burton says it, I it's know. all all kind of like, eh, kind of a stretch. Like the Victor Victor thing, yeah. I'm like, okay, they have the same name even. Yeah. Like that could be. But so he grew up and had the and then married the corpse bride. Yeah. Right, but then Jack is such a different name, and yeah, Jack the Pumpkin King Jack O' Lantern makes yeah. more sense to me. Yeah. Um, well, I'm thinking he just like doesn't remember his past or something yeah like he after victor dies he just maybe not necessarily forgets his past but i feel like the time difference mm-hmm. is so far like right i don't know he just becomes so 
into scaring and stuff, he loses himself completely. Right. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. It would be really cool. Tim Burton, get at us. Let us know. Is it true? Like... And also, can we get some of those jackets? Yeah, I would love those. <laughs> There's four hundred. There's four hundred. I'm sure someone has Limited them. Limited edition. I'm sure someone has them. Oh, like on a keychain. Actually, Disney shout out. If you just make some keychains of those, I don't even need a real one. Oh like, no, I want a real one. Well, she wants a real one. Yes, a lot of people would probably pay a lot of money for those real ones. But if you released just like a series of keychains. That had all those weird facial expressions, all the different facial expressions. A E I O U. Yeah, A E I O U. That would be so cool. Do not release Sally heads, though. Nobody wants that. Those, With the removable mask. That was face. horrific. It was horrific. so weird. It was so weird. Do you have anything else to say about this movie? I love this movie. I love everything about it. Yes. It's so wonderful. Danny Elfman. My God. So good. And also, so now it makes me want to watch another movie. Can I mention the horrible other movie that I want to watch now? Yeah, go ahead. Monkey Bone. <laughs> 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 Which is also uh, Henry uh, Selick. Is that his name? Yeah, Henry Selick. Yeah. Yes. Monkey Bone! <laughs> that's hilarious. I actually really want to watch Edward Scissorhands. Oh, yeah, that's a good one. Beetlejuice, too. And Beetlejuice. It does make yes, me want to watch Beetlejuice. I love Beetlejuice so much. <laughs> Michael Keaton. So good. It's so good. <laughs> Oh, man. Catherine O'Hara, the yes. best. Yes, yes. She's, She's wonderful. <laughs> also, in case people didn't know, Pee Wee Herman. Oh, yeah. yeah. He's in this film. He plays... Uh, One of the Lock, Shock, and Barrel. Yeah, Lock, Shock, and Barrel. One of them is Catherine O'Hara. One of them is Danny Elfman. And the other one is Pee Wee Herman. Or Paul Rubens, if you don't know who Pee Wee Herman is, but somehow know him as Paul Rubens. I mean, do those people exist? <laughs> I don't think so. <laughs> but yeah, this film is fucking great and you should see it. And it's not long. No, it's, it's not long. A little over an hour. Like, no. I it might took have... them like 15 years to make, though, because each minute is like a week. Yeah, each minute took them a week to film because of fucking the clay. <laughs> it's like so much. All the little movements. The phrasing of that. <laughs> The yes. fucking the clay. Fucking the clay, yes. <laughs> that. But, it, yes, this movie is so great. Everyone should watch it. Go out and watch it. If you haven't seen it in a while, turn it on and watch it. Please love this movie as much as we do. Oh, other things I forgot to mention. What do you think the budget for this film was? Um, Not very much. Meaning? <laughs> I don't know, because I don't know what budgeting is, but, okay, so early 90 release um i have no idea i'm so bad at numbers i'm not even i was gonna try and guess and then i was like "Hmm, let's just throw out a a million all right which is a joke the budget for this film was 18 million (laughs) dollars in 1993 so quite a bit that's a lot yeah yeah but it's claymation so it kind of needs that yeah it's not quite as extensive as like pixar like any of the cgi stuff because they don't have to hire like hundreds and hundreds of animators but it is a ton of work, and they had to do it all in, a, like, one tiny studio. And then, yeah, there's just a, a ton of work. And then, how much do you think this movie made? <clears throat> if it costs $18 million, about $20 million, how much do you think it made? Over the years? Uh, no, just the year that it came out. I don't know, like, $8 million. 
eight million? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> no, it made its money. Oh, it good. Seventy six point two million dollars. Nice. This film did very well. It made uh, almost four times what it was worth. Yeah, people loved it. I don't think that it was like super popular right when it came out, but after a few years, it definitely picked up. Like word of mouth, just you need to see this film. You need to see this film. And then it became a cult classic. And then, you know, Hot Topic blew it up. Yeah. And Disney was like, yeah, let's fucking finally profit off this movie right. that we didn't want to claim as our own. Well, and, you know, it, it makes sense. Like, I'm a prime example. I was one of those creepy kids. Still, I am a creepy kid. And I loved the movie when it first came out. And then years went by with nothing. And then yeah. I rediscovered it and then, you know, re-fell in love with it. Yeah. And then buy whatever I can that oh, yeah. you know has it on it have my little doctor who and uh jack skellington mashup sweatshirt on right now too. that's awesome you know yeah my jack skellington leggings <laughs> we came prepared for this podcast even though you can't see us we are ready we're, we're in the spirit we're ready we're yeah, christmas we're spirit, spirit. <laughs> yeah so this movie is wonderful like we said many times before please 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 go watch it again show your kids this movie show your parents this movie, if somehow you're a child listening to this, uh, sorry for the profanity, I guess, but not. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, check out this movie. As always, you can find us on Twitter and tweet at us at AllentownPod, and you can email us at AllentownPresents at gmail.com, and you can listen to us anywhere that podcasts are listened to, including Spotify and iTunes and Google Play and a billion other places. So thanks for listening, and we hope that you tune in tomorrow for whatever tomorrow's movie is going to be. <laughs> Love you. Bye. See ya.